Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best value for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. David Beard, CRM Principal, and Jeff Richards, Head of Training Program Development for Sage CRM, spend time chatting with customers, resellers, and others about Sage CRM in action around the globe. Across three episodes, we talk with Kyle James from Verda Scientific. Based on the eastern seaboard of the USA, they've been a Sage CRM customer for over 10 years. In this episode, Kyle talks about the key features that matter to his business, their move of the operational system to a cloud-hosted environment, and how the evolution of their project has influenced their global parent company. Tell me about your favorite features. Do you have any particular favorite things you just love about the product? Really, in, in my mind, the, it really comes down to, which I know is kind of the base of the product itself, but just the level of integration that it has with Sage 100, with the ERP. I mean, that that within itself, you know, being able to do quotes and orders and pretty much everything initiated from the CRM, it communicates seamlessly, you know, communicating back and forth. Um, I mean, that again, from a, from a management perspective, from leading the sales team, and I even do quotes myself to customers. So again, from a day in, day out functionality, that level of integration, you know, that marriage between your CRM and ERP, to me, that is 100% imperative for any company. And if I stay here for the rest of my life, if I move someplace else, you know, I'll also want that same level of integration between my CRM and ERP. I want, I want there to be a really tight marriage between those two. That to me, like I said, that's kind of a, a baseline answer, but it is the most crucial. Well, it's certainly the one we, we major on when we talk about reasons to add CRM on top of 100 right. or, or 300, uh, as the case may be. What about things like workflows? Do you use the workflow engineering for anything? I would say from a workflow perspective, the service team, they use the workflow. They have a couple right. workflows set up. Me, from kind of really leading the sales department, I've never, I mean, again, I've toyed with with different workflows, but okay. the only the only reason why I never really put them into place or operational, let's say, is because I think each sales guy has their own flair. Right. I think they have their own style. Yeah. So again, I tried not to kind of say this is this is you know the path that you must take. So we played around with it from a sales side of it. Um, but again, I always found it better just to if you're dealing with a very technical customer, you speak to them very technically. If it's a yeah. casual customer, more informal, yeah. more laid back, then yeah. that's how you handle it. So again, I've always given the sales guys the the freedom. Whereas with the service team, that's a little bit more regimented. I mean, you do kind of follow ABC. You're collecting certain data. You've got certain promises in place. You need to follow through, right? Exactly. So that's yeah. that's really where the workflow okay. in and of itself really, really stays put. I think you made an interesting reflection there about the let, let people have control on their use of the system. And also you've got different bits of businesses, so you can't probably have right. an exact match for everybody. Reflecting back to your commentary about reports earlier, and if the information is in the report, then people know, right? So they, they they follow their own workflow in the end to make sure they get the data to you that or whoever that they need to. Exactly, exactly. So you mentioned moving to Azure, so to cloud-hosted environment. What prompted that, and how's it been? So sure. So that was kind of a global initiative. Mm -hmm. um, we were contacted by Verter Headquarters IT in Netherlands. And they basically made a global push. They wanted everybody to kind of go into the Azure environment 
we were setting it up globally and as one of the bigger subsidiaries i mean i think the planning process and the project process with anthony and uh, a bunch of other players uh you know here as well as over in the Netherlands. i think it was like you know maybe 18 months you know where we were kind of planning and getting things together because it was a pretty big move because everything we had was on prem so we had sql servers and you know all kinds of stuff here at our facility so we wanted to make sure that we kind of had a good a good process um so that was really the push was to push everything into azure we were already migrating to you know office 365 so that was really the thing was let's get everything up in the, into the cloud from a global perspective we kind of instated during this process as well like you know using intune using autopilot for you know for deploying new new hardware and new pcs and things like that so it was really kind of a an evolution of Verter Scientific, you know, mm -hmm. as a as a global entity to to push this up. We did it, and then kind of the other subsidiaries are also doing it. I mean, some have already done it. Some are currently in the process of doing it. The experience of using CRM for the end users is no different, right? They didn't really right. see a change. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too. Like in the past, with everything being on prem. When, you know, let's say I were traveling for a show and in the evening a customer contacted me and I was going to do a quote. Well, in the past, I'd have to VPN and tunnel into a remote desktop session, which was its own level of torture because it was, you know, it's, it's on the server. So it's slow. You know what I mean? So it, it, I never really enjoyed it for our yeah. sales guys or service guys that were out on the road because it was like, I don't want to waste time just sitting here. So again, when we made the move to Azure, that was one of the real benefits for the people that were traveling or on the road or during the pandemic. You know, everybody mm -hmm. was mostly everybody was working from home at that time. It was it was seamless. It was mm -hmm. just like you're working on your normal desktop on your native desktop. You know what I mean? Everything was was pretty quick. And even when we did have moments when we first did the integration, because the Azure, you always have kind of the dial of performance that you set. So we were like, OK, Let's set the dial here, and then we'll kind of crank up as we go. And obviously, we did have to do a couple cranks of the, sure. of the knob, but um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it works just as flawlessly as it did before. Right. I mean, very pleased to hear it, and and less hassle, hopefully, for the on-prem management rather than someone else is looking after it for you, right? Exactly. I mean, now now all we have is a modem, a firewall, and a couple of wireless access points. So I'm I'm living the dream as far as <laughs> IT on-prem. <laughs> I'm interested sort of X years down the path now, do you have members of your team, whichever team coming to talk to you about, can we change this? Can we have a report that does this? In other words, being involved in the furthering of the design, do you see that? Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, there's there's always, you know, people that want to be able to, you know, find things quicker, do things a little bit differently, you know, being able to, you know, like the uh, like the advanced find button, you know, or the search function where you set up your own query, obviously, mm -hmm. super powerful, it can be as specific or as broad as you want. That's also part of the training process is not everybody knows for yeah, not everybody knows kind of how to speak logically to a computer. So yes. You know, that's its own kind of process where it's like, you know, if you're the sales guy in Pennsylvania that says, I want to know all of this product line, the end users, blah, you know, and then he just has kind of a litany of, of things. The system can do it. it. It's kind of an involved process. You know what I mean? You have to set the query up and, and kind of, you know, fine tune it. So there's always been things like that. Finding things um, to being being able to, you know, put reports together, et cetera. Again, you can do all of that. It's just right now, if I don't sit down with you or if Anthony doesn't sit down with me and show me, um, you know, you need kind of a level of instruction versus 
you know, something where, you know, maybe a mod to it or some of the adjustments would be a little bit more intuitive where you could do a report builder and not that it's bad now. It's just you kind of have to know where these pieces yeah. go. It's just understanding what other people might be able to make it do as well that you hadn't thought of. So other ways sure. of approaching a report, to use your example. You mentioned or you touched on the global, the European global team earlier. What do they think of your deployment of CRM? Do they see a benefit to them at a global level? Do they have their own variation of it? How does it work? Sure. So I, I don't know what some of the other subsidiaries use, like, um, you know, like Verter, Shanghai, Verter. I, don't, I have no idea what their platform is. I know over in Germany um, that they're using the Vision or Microsoft Dynamics. What They use that not only because they're doing production, but they use it for accounting, sales. Right. And then they also started adding, you know, some CRM features to it. And that really started, honestly, they started adding CRM features to what was historically known as an ERP system, once I started with Sage CRM, because I was like, look at all the cool stuff I can do, and you can't. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a blessing and a curse, because I was like, oh, look at me, I have all this cool data. And then all of a sudden, all the other subsidiaries worldwide hated me, because now they were like, oh, now I got to find all this stuff. So you're setting the bar, kind of you're, the, you're yeah, driving the rest of the company. For, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. I think from from the outset, once we started, you know, setting up the foundation of CRM and really pulling some some really cool stuff from it and tracking really, really interesting data points, that was when a lot of the folks over in Germany and the Netherlands, et cetera, saying, okay, what can we do with our current system? How do we get this data? How do we get value out of it? So, I mean, really, I think our CRM was kind of an impetus, you know what I mean? Kind of sparked something in some of the other places to say, okay, we really need to kind of, you know, track these things and manage these things a little bit better. And 10 years worth of proof to to add to the story, right? I hope so, yeah, I hope it's, it's proof. <laughs> That's a really interesting set of reflections. Thank you for sharing those, Kyle. And I guess I have one final question for you before we draw this to a close. As I said earlier, a lot of our customers come to us from the world of accounting and then they have to kind of think differently to think about CRM. If you had one piece of advice for someone who is listening to this about where to start, what would you recommend? The one place you'd give a piece of advice to get people on the road? I would always start with looking at kind of what your problem is, let's say. And let's say, for instance, you know, we were back in the day where we had Sage 100, where we had Mass 90, Sage 100, and we had ACT, two, two dis, you know, dislocated pieces of, uh, pieces of technology, two dif differentiated databases. Um, from an accounting perspective, I know for a fact that having Sage CRM and everything integrated, um, you know, is immensely beneficial for our folks because, in the past, when you have two separate systems, again, the ERP system is a fantastic system. It's, it does what it's supposed to do, right? Invoicing, APAR, all that good stuff. But you don't have the story behind it. So if you are a customer out there where collections are an issue or whatever it may be, whatever your accounting issue is, in my mind, Sage 100 is only going to give you numbers. It's like an Excel file. It can spit out a table of data. But how do you get the story out of that data? How do you how do you know what's the why? Why are our collections not 98%? Why is this industry going down this year? Like I can run a report in Sage 100 to say, oh great, agricultural industry is up 10%. Biotech and pharmaceutical is down 3%. Well, those are cool numbers. 
but what's the story behind it? What's what's really going on here? And like I said, from a sales perspective, I think it's it's a no brainer. Obviously, it's it's you know these from a sales perspective, you're always interacting with people and you're always telling a story, whether it be a sales pitch or trying to solve someone's problems, etc. But from an accounting perspective, you know since you're always dealing with numbers, whether it's entering orders, you know APAR, whatever the situation may be, um, that when it comes time to have that communication or interaction, it, it's always beneficial to have that starting story. You know what I mean? To have, okay, what's really going on here? I would always look at it from that perspective, especially from an accounting perspective to say, what problem am I really trying to solve? You know, is it a communication, you know, CRM kind of customer relationship type of situation? Is it our process, you know, from a from an operational perspective? Maybe it's only a Sage 100 problem, but really honing in on where is your issue? Now we need to 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 figure out a way to 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 solve it. And I think that if it is a communication or customer oriented or a story based thing where you do need data, um, again, your, the CRM is your only is your only choice. So I think that's the headline behind this little chat of ours. It's the story behind the numbers. I like that. I like that a lot. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Carl. That was a lovely chat. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You've been listening to Talking CRM with Jeff and David, getting the best for the whole organization from your integrated CRM and accounting systems. 